Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Self-Initiative Project Podcast. I'm your host, Jim O'Brien. Welcome to episode 14. This time we're going to be talking with Van Seeley again about gun training. If you remember back episode four of our podcast, we talked about training versus gear. And if you haven't checked out that podcast, I would highly recommend that. But Van's back with us to discuss training, the ins and outs and what to do, what not to do, and kind of his experience in firearms training. Hey, Van, welcome back. Hey, good morning. How are you, sir? Doing pretty good. Thank you. It's uh, already been uh, 10 episodes, and that's about a, a year since we've done the first one almost because we try to put these out about once a month. So uh, that's kind of cool that we're exactly 10 later. We're back to talk more about gun training. Uh, you know, we're hoping folks will go back and listen to episode four. But for those who have not or won't get around to it and they're listening to this one, uh, I want you to kind of tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, what your background is, and then specifically what your background history and experience is in gun training and the types that you've done, etc. Okay, so uh joined the Marine Corps in 92, um, ended up uh, trying trying to get into recon thought that was the best thing uh you know cool guys jumping out of airplanes diving shooting people all that kind of cool stuff so uh that's where i ended up uh working my way into uh from a recon battalion to a force recon unit um ended up doing several years as a special operations training group uh, cqb instructor demolitions and sniper instructor and then um my last four years, I did a uh, tour with the Army as a Ranger instructor because Marine Corps um, recon guys from time to time, they'd send them to Ranger school. So uh, I was able to uh, get that job. Uh, Not many Marines um, are able to uh, become instructors there. So that was a a neat uh, tour duty for me. And then I just finished off a career 20 years. retired uh, up here in Dahlonega initially, and then uh, now I live in Flowery Branch. So that's that's me in a nutshell. And after retirement, uh, ended up wanting to get into firearms instruction, uh, you know, teaching all the things that Marine Corps taught me and that I was blessed to, uh, to experience and uh, learn. And I wanted to pass that knowledge out to uh, to the civilian side of the house and then ended up in retail, uh, which was kind of uh, a side shift from what I wanted, but it was retail and a gun store and a gun range and then ended up uh, in a managerial position and trying to uh, kind of develop or evolve our training program and shooting at shooting events and, and that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, now with, all things being what it is, you know, kind of slowed down on the instructing side of uh, uh, that because of life and hobbies and time and work and all those all those things. But uh, training is definitely true to my heart for sure. Yeah, I can imagine training takes up a big chunk of your time if you're going to do it uh, regularly for for the public. Yeah, the the difficulty with training is you know for as an instructor is you got to be able to train people when they're not working so it's <laughs> you've got to do it on typically on when you're not working also which means on your free time or days off so right um Makes yeah, it's tough. That's tough because you need some downtime for yourself, certainly. So you mentioned, you know, wanting to impart the knowledge that you had picked up in the Marine Corps to the civilian 
world is was that kind of your motivation what or was it that you just liked teaching that much or um i i really did like te- it didn't matter what it was what i was teaching i've always liked to see people learn a skill or technique whatever from nothing and then watch their progression i mean it's i, I guess it's a you know a, a fatherly thing i guess i don't i, I don't know how to explain it it's just it, it's a good feeling to be able to pass information on, pass knowledge on, and people actually it betters their lives or or whatever their goals are. You know, you just made them better. Um, and if you can save a life uh, through your knowledge, information, or instruction, then that's I mean that's a that's a, that's an amazing uh, blessing for sure. That's icing on the cake. Yeah, I I completely understand what you're saying, and uh, I'm. I... I kind of enjoy what little bit I've done for the same reasons as well. Talking about the types of training and how that transfers transfers over to the civilian market or uh, arena. Um, how did you go about deciding what needed to get taught? Did you see a, a gap or was it that you just kind of had a program in mind that you wanted to do and uh, talk to us a little bit what that program um, or what types of programs you've typically put on and uh, produced for the civilian industry market? Well, well, I had a difficult time in the beginning because, you know, in the Marine Corps, you're I'm teaching, you know, it's force recon. MARSOC, special operations guys, they're the, you know, the alphas of the alphas and they are tough to teach because they are already so knowledgeable. You know, if you get a fresh guy that's new into a unit, it's one thing, but you're teaching some stuff that are hardcore base skills beyond, you know, with the mastery of those types of skills. And then they're learning just some great things but they're still there they have mastered baseline fundamentals um you know they're doing all the cool stuff you know blowing up door breaching doors you know yeah taking shots at you know 1500 yards at you know a high angle up side of a mountain and all these other high-end skill sets um you know so it's for me that was a transition that was difficult because you get the civilian that wants to be that and wants to learn those types. They want to kick in doors like on day two or learn sure. how to clear and close a room, you know, with their family, their three kids, you know, on a, on a stack in the hallway, ready to clear after, you know, a home invasion. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's just, or they want to shoot like, uh, you know, Jerry Micklick and, you know, after two hours of instruction, so that that was a tough transition for me as to building a curriculum that made sense. And where did I want to what did I want to be? Did I want to be the intro instructor? Did I want to be the let's take it to the next level of mastery of fundamentals? Or did I want to just teach all the cool, fun stuff and put people's lives in danger? Because all three exist in the firearms industry instructing um, and there's instructors that teach at all there's instructors that stick to certain you know certain demographics of those types of people that want to learn basics want to learn immediate and i i um, his basic instruction was kind of to me but i found 
unless you had a solid baseline instruction, you were going to struggle with my classes on the intermediate level. And that's why I kind of designed skill builder classes when I was teaching. Um, I didn't want to teach, you know, you know, four man room clears and how to do a, 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 a wounded, you know, weak hand uh, press check of your handgun while doing a speed reload. And, you know, all these things are, they have purpose, but you got to look at your student and what they're coming there for, because certain classes will definitely draw certain types of people. Yeah. Um, good in a good way and a bad way. Sure. But, you know, my takeaway from all that, what you just said is that fundamentals and basics are still key to training. And uh, I guess the other part that races through my mind is in both arenas, you probably had quite a bit or, or had the potential for quite a bit of ego that you had to deal with, which makes teaching instruction uh, that much more difficult as well. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we took like when I was a special operations training group, uh, I taught force recon guys. I taught guys that taught me, um, you know, it's that full circle that student student becomes the instructor and instructor teaches a student. And, it, you know, it just keeps going around and around. Um, and I, we also taught basic guys. We taught basic grunts because they were going to be attached to that type of unit um, in a support position. And they had to be able to get in the stack and do everything a force recon guy but I told people, I said, you can teach a monkey how to shoot. And that's no offense to monkeys or humans, but it's not a difficult thing. It, the difficult thing is the student. That is where the, the hiccup becomes because nothing you're teaching is so difficult to do. It's just, can that person apply those types of things? And so re Reaching yeah, them in a way that they learn. Right. And that's and that's why I think instructing and you look at all instructors, I think all their courses evolve some for good reasons, others for vanity reasons um, and and some because the market just is, is supply and demand. You know, if, if you're just teaching a basic NRA pistol course, then those are the types of people you're going to draw in. Is that the is that the demographic you're trying to pull in or, or do you want these guys that, you know, they show up with their, their body armor and their multicam and their tactical right. this and 14 and a half pound, you know, ARs that have so much crap on them, but they don't know how to use any of it. But it yeah. looked really cool. It looked really cool in Call of Duty. So a um, wide range of student types for sure, based yeah, on the classes yeah. that you're offering up. So. Yeah, definitely. So circling back to episode four real quick, I don't want to give away the conclusion, although, you know, it was centered around should you spend your time and money and energy on gear or training? And the conclusion is probably pretty straightforward for folks. So that kind of brings us to to this point. Why should someone seek out training just versus going to the range and trying to continue shooting for themselves? Why is training and practicing and, and getting into classes uh, so important from, from your perspective? Well, it, 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 it comes down to the individual, like what, you know, some people can watch a video and take it all in, you know, with no interaction with the, with an instructor, no feedback from an instructor and just apply it. Most most of us can't do that. You know, it's not like it's not like IKEA furniture. Like you know, A goes to B, B goes to C, C goes to D. 
right. then you're like, uh, I don't know how the hell that go. And you get the wrong sequence and you don't know why it's not working. And then you got to call customer support. Well, instructors are customer support. They're there to give you that direct feedback, be it good or bad. Um, you know, they're not going to patch on the back and say, hey, that, you know, that 20 inch shot group you did at three yards. Good try, buddy. Um, no, why? Why is it that bad? So if you're not understanding certain mechanics, especially being new to a skill, you got to get you got to get training. You, you need instruction um, after that instruction. After you you find out why that process is done the way it is, then you can get on the range and then you can apply those things. And then because you have a better understanding, then you can start tweaking that specific skill or technique for your body type or your weapon type or your situation because certain way to do things may not be the exact same way at night um you know in your room three o'clock in the morning when somebody kicks in your front door and you try to shoot one round and all of a sudden oh crap i didn't have a round in the chamber well i need to put a round in the chamber well I don't know how to do that because I can't see, you know, how to rack the slot, whatever the case, you know. So you got to get out there. You got to do both, I think. Um, If you don't, I I don't think you can get to your full potential. Um, But that's not everybody. There's always that one percent that would just exceed in anything they do. And they are they are frustrating because I'm not part of that one percent. I have to be taught something and then apply it and then practice it and keep practicing it because it's all perishable. Yeah. And I think, uh, the importance of training really comes into play. If you're going to try to use a firearm in a defensive manner, or if you're going to carry concealed or whatever it may be on your person for self-defense, right. Um, training becomes even that much more important to seek out, uh, but the one point that you made that I wanted to uh, circle back on real quick that I think is key is that once you do go get training, formalized training, where an instructor can be your customer support representative um, as you're going through that process, the training doesn't end there. It's not like take one seminar and then set your firearms aside and don't touch them for another six months. After you've learned those skills that you've picked up in that class or that course, seminar, whatever you want to call it, you know, it's it's important that you go and those skills that you took away to go and practice and train on them on your own accord to get better at them and begin to see what they mean for you and how you've got to adjust for yourself and all those sorts of things. The training doesn't stop after the class. And that's I think that's important for people to hear, too. Yeah, absolutely. You've got to keep doing things like some people can, you know, it's like riding a motorcycle, I guess you rode 20 years ago, and then you're going to buy the latest and greatest motorcycle and get on the road and go, go up and go up into the mountains, go zipping around the mountains, you're probably going to end up having an accident. So you have to get out there and learn because that's how you get better. That's how you get faster. That's how you become more accurate is you don't do it through osmosis. You don't do it through reading a book. Right. You actually, it's a physical action. You have to practice it. And if you don't understand concepts, like you talk, you know, home invasion, like what do you do? So, well, there's multiple things you can do in a home invasion. It all depends on how your home is set up. Depends on yeah. where you are during a home invasion. It depends on so many aspects. Was it daytime? Was it nighttime? Is it one person? Is it 12 people? Um, 
you know, and if you're not understanding things conceptually, you don't know how to apply those skills at the right time. And all those various scenarios that could occur. Your philosophies, your personal philosophies, when you are trying to train someone or you're teaching a class, what, what are your philosophies towards training in general that, that have worked for you or that have evolved or even changed or just didn't work? Um, and it, like, like I said before, it, it was a tough transition for me to train people that were extremely knowledgeable already, um, or they were an open book and they were teachable, um, getting into the civilian side of things. I, I think a lot of folks I found out didn't know as much as they thought they knew. Yeah. Um, so I had to change my tone. Uh, because, in, you know, in being a Marine Corps Force Recon, typically very, they're alpha male, but they're very, you know, it's like everybody's first name basis. It's it's professional, but it's you, you have an immersion in a relationship with that student already for whatever reason. Be you guys have deployed before, whatever. You don't really have that relationship a lot of times unless you get a, a repeat student or like when I was running skill builders, you would see the same student go through the continue the you know, the next step process. Yeah. Um, so for me, like I had to kind of slow things down and I'm not saying dumb things down, but speak in a different manner with and stop assuming that, you know, what I'm talking about when I, you know, say something really quick and like, how do you not know what slide lock is if you're taking a, a handgun class? And I, I, sure. I taught basic years ago, like NRA certification kind of thing. Check the block. Great. And I got away from basic because I, I didn't feel that was my niche. That was my passion. I wanted to get those people to shoot. You don't learn that really in a basic NRA class. You, no. you learn basic safety and what a primer is and all this other stuff. You learn how to shoot in an intermediate class. Um, and what I would call an intermediate class, like the skill builder classes that I took. So I had to learn how to tone things down, not make assumptions and, and not think about trying to jam, you know, 10 pounds of poo in a five pound bag. I had to think of it as a stepping stone, like, Let's do phase one, then phase two, then phase three, then phase four, whatever, and not get ahead of myself just because when you're wired, you know, training like spec ops guys, um, you've got a lot of stuff you've got to jam in a, in a, in a five week shooting package um, that's not just individually based, it's team based, it's platoon based. So you got to do a lot quickly and it's, it's heavy, hard, 110 miles an hour. So I had to change that. My philosophies there was slow things down, not rush, get back to the basics, get back to basic draw, basic presentation, basic trigger control. Because if you start racing fast, if you start pushing the envelope, that's when accidents happen because they don't have the baseline safety there. You know, okay, shoot two to the torso in, in a second and a half from the holster, you know, at five yards. They're like, they can't even get out of the holster in five yards. And you wonder why they, they're not hitting the target because you went too fast too soon. Sure. Um, yeah. Because they didn't have the basics of a basic draw. They didn't have the basics of 
you know, trigger control. And now you're doing trigger control in a compressed time. So I, I kind of had to change the way I was bringing in students and, and, and training them. And, and on the other side was you can't put most civilians through an eight hour training class, an eight hour shooting class, because you will have people at the end of the day have mentally checked out because it's so much information. It's very taxing on the body and the mind. Um, and most people aren't physically and mentally fit for that. They don't, you know, when's the last time you went through a hardcore eight hour training course? I mean, yeah. you've trained, you've trained Krav and other martial arts. If you do that for eight hours, you're, you're going to be sleeping for the next two days. Yep. And you probably didn't retain the latter half of that training class because you're, you're mentally so taxed. Yeah, Definitely. Definitely. But you make a good point, too, that even in the as you begin to progress through the different levels of training, you know, from the basics of safety and how to hold a firearm and here are the different parts of the ammunition and here's the different parts of the gun itself. Even when you begin to progress into learning how to shoot more, there's still fundamentals and basics at that level. Right. To your point you made, like, you know, the exercise of drawing from holster and getting two shots center mass or whatever it is. First of all, have you ever drawn from a holster before? So you got to start there, right? And work your way through the, through the levels as you go and, and try, yeah, yeah. try not to give them too much at the same time at all at once. Yeah. And yeah, you, you have to do it in steps and I, I kind of, I fall back to, I took a Glock uh, armor course. And the, one of the first things the Glock armor says is, do not get ahead of me. And guys, not even five minute, five minutes into a class, and you hear somebody banging on something, and you look back, you're like, "Dude, what are you doing?" He's he's just talking about like the different parts of the handgun, and you're already disassembling the handgun. Yeah. And you know the instructor's looking at him like, Didn't "We're not even there yet, but just let's slow things down," you know. And everybody, and that's part of learning curve for an instructor and a student is you've got to have that relationship but the you may not understand the pieces of the puzzle it's kind of, you know, i think i've mentioned this before you know it's those weird weird pictures in which when you stare at it you don't know what it is and then you kind of unfocus and then you're you're, you're like oh that's a ship on the ocean yeah. you know it's like a it's a puzzle when you start putting pieces of the puzzle together you may not even know what the picture is yet yeah but but respect the process because there there has to be a process um and if there isn't then you can mechanically or or train yourself incorrectly and get some really bad habits and then it just gets worse and worse and more difficult um to fix those bad habits yeah because now relearning something is one of the most difficult things to do it's easy when it's a clean slate you know it's like artwork if it's a blank canvas you can paint whatever picture you want. Yeah. If there's already a picture there, you got to paint over the picture to make a new picture. And that's very difficult to do. It takes a lot of paint. Yeah. It's, so that is a great segue into this next question that I wanted to ask you, which came to mind. Um, what issues do you typically see with students that might prevent them from getting the most from training? Is that is it that they already come with preconceived notions or a skill set they think they already have? What is it that maybe holds them back from uh, getting the most out of out of a course? Do you think? Yeah, um, yeah, I wrote some kind of keynotes down here. I think 
a big a big one is that the cup full mentality um you already know everything you're just there for you know some trigger time or some you you need to check a pl- check a block with your department or whatever um that one if i ever got students that you know i, I you try to put input into them you try to fine tune the things that you see they're doing either mechanically incorrect or they could be doing a little bit better. Um, once they, once I get that cup full mentality, they're not going to correct anything. My time as an instructor is going to now be invested in the rest of the class. Um, you know, and, and I've had students say, well, you didn't spend a lot of time with me. Well, there's one of two reasons. Um, you either didn't listen to anything I had to say, um, sidebar conversations while I'm trying to teach, or I try to make a correction based off of what I'm teaching. You just go back to what you're doing because that's what you want to do. You don't follow the drills. You don't follow commands. Yeah, I'm, I've got other people that actually care to be here. Yeah. So I'm going to go invest my time with those other folks. Um, old habits, like I said, repainting the canvas. Um, difficult thing, but it's difficult only because under a lot of times people personally or in, they individually personally stress out for whatever reason you put a shot sure. timer next to their ear yeah. all of a sudden that technique you just taught goes out the window goes, goes out the window and they they default back to what they've been doing yeah um that's a tough one to break as long as you can get them to understand hey you just did this no i didn't yeah you did i just watched you do that okay Go replay Let's the video. Slow, yeah, right. Let's slow things down. Yeah. Um, attitude. Um, you got to have a good attitude going in. Um, it, it's you know I've had days where you know training jujitsu or or um, you know um, krav or whatever. You have a bad day. You just some sometimes your your head's not in it. You got to walk away. You know, don't run just for the sake of running. Um, you know if the if it's crappy weather then you're putting yourself out there. You're going to do yourself more harm than good. So you got to have a good attitude. Um, not being prepared. That's, that's mental and physical. Um, I think unfortunately in this country, um, we're not as physically fit as we should be. Yeah. Um, especially these you know, days. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and like I said, an eight hour training class is very taxing physically and mentally. Um, and some people, if you, you got crap going, going on in your life and your head's not into it. Um, but, not prepared is also not having the right equipment. Um, hey, show up for class. It's uh, this class. We're going to shoot about, you know, three, 300 rounds max. So what would I do? I'd bring 500 rounds because uh, you never know. You never um, know. Yeah. Who, who, who says they're going to have extra ammo at the training class I'm going to. Um, and not having the prerequisites. Um, you know, a lot of people get all huffy about, well, they, they said I need this certification or I need proof that I took this class and I did 20 years in the military. I know what the hell I'm doing. Well, I hate to break it to you, but I've served with plenty of people that had 20 years in the military that had no idea what the hell they were doing with a firearm. Um, so prerequisites are out there for a reason. And, and it's for both the instructors, your safety, the other students safety and the instructor safety. And there also might be requirements an instructor has to have on an insurance level that, you know, it, it is what it is. You know, if if you say that, you know, and I, I, I had my 
evolution in teaching and what I was teaching and what my prerequisites were. Yeah. I didn't really have many prerequisites um, until I started my skill builder courses because I got to know what you're coming in with because I got to know what I can what I can provide you. Um, if I'm teaching a class and we're getting into like a skill builder three where there's shooting and moving and drawing and reloading on the move and or in and around barricades and you can barely understand the slide lock and a standard reload is right. You know, that's, it's beyond your skill level. So you gotta have little out of place. You gotta have something even for basic handgun class. Um, (laughs) There's prerequisites for a basic handgun class, like can you sit still and stay off your phone for four hours and listen to the instructor? Can you actually listen to an instructor? I've had women call, well, I want a female instructor. Why? What what does, can you not listen to a male instructor? Is there some sort of barrier? Because a male instructor will a good instructor doesn't matter gender. I've seen some really good male instructors and I've seen some crappy ones and I've seen some really good female instructors and I've seen some crappy ones. So, you know, if, if, if that student instructor is a, it's a relationship. Um, so you've got to have that. So you both have to give a little and take a little. But you make um, a really good point that, you know, not only just from a skill set and what you're capable of doing in a class, if you're skipping classes that are suggested uh, prior to taking a specific level, there's a real safety issue potentially in in trying to skip and have students coming into a, uh, if you call it skill level three, when they don't have the basics and foundations of what it's even uh, like to shoot next to or in between others that have guns, live guns, loaded guns on either side of them, right? So it's a safety issue. If nothing else, forget the skills and them not knowing what they're doing, although that's a major issue. Just the potential for there being safety issues is a reason why you need to, there's a reason why you should progress through training and start with the basics and work your way up to those advanced classes. Even though you think you may have a handle on the fundamentals, there's a reason why you need to be going through the progression. And I think the safety is a, is a key point of why you want to do that. Not just for the, not just for you as a student, but for the instructor and the other, other members in the class as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I taught a class where I was downrange, standing in front of students and students aren't used to like, they have a gun loaded gun in the holster and I'm standing in front of them between them and the target, not while they're shooting, but just yeah. teaching a period of instruction because I want to stand in front of them. Um, and yeah, you know, I have one guy draw his gun out cause he wants to check to see if it's loaded. I'm like, <laughs> dude, like that, that's day one. Even my, you know, teenager knows, yeah, don't do that. Like, yeah. what what were you thinking? Yeah. Because you know they didn't have a basic understanding, a basic respect for the four safety rules. And you know, every time I would teach my class, I'd always start out with the four basic safety rules. But it it, it became a mantra of okay, treat every firearm as if it were loaded, even after it's short to be unloaded. Right. You never point a firearm in anything you're not intend to shoot. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. And people don't they've already tuned that out. They're like, oh, I know. Yeah, but you just violated it. So don't tell me you know it, but you don't. You need to apply it. You, you may know it. of them, but you. 
let's let's break it down as to why you do these or why you don't do these things. Yeah. Uh, but that's you know you're going to get that. Yeah. You know every class I've had, I don't think I've had ten students all, out of all ten. I don't think I've had you know one student that didn't at one point do something unsafe. Fortunately, you know we have multiple safeties involved, multiple you know overlaps that nobody ever got hurt. Um, yeah. You know, I've, you know, I've had several negligent discharges in training classes with students. Um, I've had one student shoot shoot himself in the leg, reholstering yeah, uh, during a, yeah during a shooting event. So, and it, competent shooter, but in a certain situation in a certain environment that he personally was stressed out, and I could already tell that you know his head wasn't in the game already. Um, he had an accident and shot himself in the leg. Luckily, it wasn't fatal. Luckily, nobody else got hurt. Yeah. Um, but, but the point yeah, was, he wasn't paying attention. Right. And that'll get you in trouble in a hurry. So I was going to ask, uh, and I know we talked about some of this stuff ahead of time, but I was going to ask, what do you find? Because I know you've kind of walked away from training for the time being for a lot of different reasons, and most of which is personal time. And I get that because, like you said, you have to train when everyone else is free and available, which is generally during your free time. I was going to ask you what you find the most frustrating with training, but I think, and it's as, as I expected, I think it's safe to say that it's people claiming to be safe thinking they know the safety rules but not ensuring and being adamant about following them uh as closely as maybe they should and uh, I, I think that's a, a safe uh safe bet yeah definitely yeah. yeah i would say that's that's on the top for sure so yeah, uh, circling back, I know uh, we talked about ammo and coming to class uh, prepared with maybe more ammo than what's stated. You know, I think some of your classes in the past, you've said, hey, you know, bring 250 rounds or 300. In a lot of cases, we didn't wind up going through all of that. But, you know, you should bring more than that just in case. And I've been guilty of that myself where I'm, I'm down 25 rounds because I didn't bring that one extra box. What other sorts of gear? I know, you know, we've got these tactical guys that like to come in with the four inch wide belts and their first aid kits hanging off the back and their chalk pocket back there and 16 magazines around it and their 511 combat boots and whatever else. But if you had to keep it simple for a student looking to actually train and learn and progress, uh, what what basic sorts of equipment should they expect to show up with and um, what sorts of equipment do they need? Well, first thing I would do if I was a student going to a training course, I would look at the curriculum, look at what is being taught. Then I would consider based off of what is being taught, what is in the curriculum, what is my goal? You know, am I learning for the end of the world, zombie apocalypse? Okay, bring all your kit, you know, your body armor, like you said, your tack belt, your cool guy stuff, your multi-cam hat, your your ops core helmet and all this other stuff. Right. If that's how you want to train, that's great. Uh, most guys I, I've ever seen that's never taken an eight-hour training class, they last about 30 minutes with all that crap on them, and then they go, man, this crap's heavy, and they take it off. Strip it off. Um, which yeah, defeats so, the purpose. Right. So, and, and, and again, you, you've got to build that endurance, that mental, physical endurance. But yeah. first and foremost, think about what the class is. Let's say it's an intermediate handgun class. Okay. And what are we working on? Well, you have to have a holster first off. So you got to make sure it's a quality holster. 
not one of these, you know, 599 nylon holsters with the thumb snap and when it hangs off your belt the holster is almost ha- or the gun's almost hanging upside down dangling um, yeah. right make sure you are adhering to the instructor's guidelines as to gear and equipment because you're not going to go through any course of mine when i was teaching with a cross draw holster shoulder holster small of the back holster or an appendix carry holster Appendix carry is getting very, very popular. Yeah, I'm seeing even even some very large people appendix carry. I don't know how they're going to get to the gun, but they're doing it. Yeah. But that's okay. That's okay. But the reason a lot of instructors won't allow appendix carry in the training course is nobody wants to see you shoot your junk off in class no. because you're in a hurry. No. So and probably appendix the, carry is a class in and of itself anyway. Right, and it's it's more of the safety side of things but you got to have a quality firearm don't show up with your you know your, your Jimenez 380 to take a defensive handgun class um it's really not going to work um have proper equipment that supports it have a backup um every class every carbine class i run every handgun class i run you know if i ran it at the range obviously i had backup guns there but you know i run a training class off site somewhere I would always bring multiple extra guns that a student could use when there's breaks because they didn't get the, they didn't get a good quality optic. They didn't they didn't function check any of their stuff prior to their class. They didn't have a zero on the rifle that was in part of the prerequisite. Make sure your rifle zero. So make sure you're checking the block as to what that instructor wants. They didn't put that spend all the time to put those prerequisites in their class or gear and equipment and expectations because they just needed to type something for you it's not there to for follow it. Yeah. Right. And it, it, it's so you don't have to take time away doing silly crap, like fixing a sling to a rifle because you failed to bring a sling. And now I just took 15 minutes away from 12 other students to fix your rifle because you didn't have the proper equipment. So to me, n- not showing up prepared is selfish and disrespectful to both the instructor and the students and given yeah you're paying you're a customer i get that you paid 175 dollars for a training class i get that but i hate to break it to you the world does not revolve around you yeah. there are other students there that did come prepared that they took the necessary you know steps before class so yeah. Um, Why couldn't you, you? got to show up with the right equipment, and you can't show up where hey, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to fix this. Well, you were supposed to know that before class. You were supposed to be able to be prepared before class. Have your magazines preloaded before class if that's okay with the instructor. Yeah. Uh, usually, when you sign up for a training class, um, I, I went through one class uh, a couple months ago. It wasn't firearms related. I sent this guy four emails asking questions. I wanted information about the class, expectations, what I can do, what I can't do, and all this other stuff. I didn't get a response from him for two months. And it was four emails. I was like, oh, whatever. I showed up for class. I was like, yeah, it was four hours. Boom, I left. Yeah, I'm paying for your time, and I'm trying to get more information. So send emails out, give your instructors a call and say, Hey, is this okay? Is that okay? Or I don't have this. What are my options? Yeah. Um, that's it. And that way you're not showing up with like the, Oh wait, I was supposed to bring my own iPro. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's in the book. Right. Yeah. And, and you should, you know, just to 
to wrap that one up, you should definitely be uh, planning ahead and have your own eyes and ears, right? Your own eye protection and your own uh, hearing uh, protection yeah. for sure. Just the basics, just the fundamentals. Yeah. Well, instructors are always, in my opinion, should always have backup equipment. Sure. Um, it's just, it's just how it is. It's yeah. things break, things are unexpected. That's okay. I get that. You know, just be prepared. I, I, I tend to be over-prepared. Like, I went to a training class. I would bring two guns of each. You know, if it was a carbine handgun class, I'd bring two yeah. carbines, two handguns. Not everybody has that luxury. You know, yeah. I'd bring, like, says a 1,000 rounds. I'd bring 2,000 rounds. It said, you know, bring water. Yeah. You know, I'd bring a 55-gallon drum of water. Sure. Um, you know, so yeah. I'd always go over the top. Yeah. But I've never been at the point to where I'm like, oh, crap. I've actually been fortunate enough to where I've helped out other students in the class they weren't prepared and you can, <laughs> you can help out. So definitely need to find yourself good training, get through training and expect to start from the basics and work your way through, especially when you don't have a lot of experience, show up with an open mind, check your ego at the door. Uh, come prepared with the proper gear, maybe a little bit more than what's asked. Follow the prerequisites, and uh, not just in, as far as the training itself goes, but as far as what the instructors asked for you to come, whether it's magazines loaded or not loaded, your your rifles zeroed. Yeah, definitely. So if I'm, if I'm trying to find instruction, trying to find good training as a student, what should I be looking for? What's considered good training and what should I expect from my instructor? Well, good training is, is difficult. You show up, you don't really know if it was going to be good training. I, I know guys that have uh, gone to some high-end instructors that have, that have walked away and said, eh, that was not really worth the $285 for the six-hour class of war stories and, you know, watch him shoot and, you know, I didn't get a lot of trigger time. I fired, you know, 200 rounds in an eight hour class is, is to me yeah. kind of, it depends on the class, but, um, you know, um, looking at reviews, maybe, you know, it, it, if I was running a professional training school and I had a website and I could have all these reviews on my website, I'm not going to have a review that gives me bad feedback. So looking at reviews is one of those things that, as an instructor, as a company, can can kind of you know control or filter. However, there are plenty of blogs, plenty of forums out there where people talk like, "Hey, this was great," or "I went to this class and this was great," and I went to the same damn class, dude, and I thought it sucked. Um, yeah. Everybody's going to have a different perspective, a different expectation. Um, I think from an instructor, um, as a student, what I expect out of the instructor is professionalism, knowledge, and patience. Um, you yeah, know, patience those is my, a big one. Yeah, my, those are my big three because we all have a different learning curve. We all have different abilities. We're all going into it maybe on different levels of the prerequisites. Uh, you know, one of my little unicorns that I want to take on my <laughs> class um, is T-Mac. Is I want to take his class, and he's he's a huge baseline fundamentals guy. Yeah. Um, He's very intense. I mean, I'm I can be kind of the alpha intense at times as well teaching. Um, he's, he's intense. On, he's on all the time, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's yeah he's amazing. Background is just absolutely phenomenal. I have you know utmost res 
respect for the guy. Yeah, um, I like to and take if his I don't, classes if, too. If I, yeah, if I don't respect the instructor, I kind of that wall's already put up. Um, I took a Glock instructor course, and the instructor was okay. Um, didn't really control the class. You know, had one idiot in the class who was some quote unquote SWAT commander. Um, just unprofessional students. Yeah. Instructor didn't really control the situation, so I was like, eh. You know what? It was a thousand rounds. It was a you know one week training class. I checked the block. My takeaways were were fine, just because I wasn't going there to learn anything. I was going there to kind of check a block for an instructor, sure, uh, for a Glock side of things. Uh, so I got something out of it because I get trigger time. So that's always a good thing. But yeah, you, you got to have professional instructors. And I'm not saying, oh man, he dropped the f bomb and you know he said this and. Right. You know, there's a difference between professionalism and just straight up like <laughs> right. snooty, yeah. snobby, like yeah. I am not I am not refined by any means. Right. You know, twenty years in the Marine in the Marine Corps around the you know, F bomb is your friend. <laughs> yeah, you, you tend to be a little rough on the edges. You know, yeah. when I started teaching civilians, that was one of the things I had to stop doing was right. stop cussing, stop making, you know, these these weird kind of jokes where you just get References. like people get in the audience and go, Oh, that was weird. Yeah. Uh, awkward moment, you know? So they don't get the humor. But yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, so it, from my perspective, it seems like, you know, like everyone, every business, you know, uh, firearms instructors are like any other business, firearms trainings, like any other business, you know, the social media outlets are on fire, uh, certainly a lot of blogs being written and otherwise. So, you know, a lot of the instructors I've come about, I, I, well, I should say I've, I've learned about just through, you know, whatever social media outlet there is. So that's a good way to start discovering some of these guys. But it seems like the best way to learn about the classes and instruction themselves is over the course of, you know, reading things online. But word of mouth seems to be big, too. Uh, there's a lot of opinions offered up to your point. And then you kind of see enough of an individual once you start following them potentially on social media, you can kind of get a sense of their type of character and the types of things that they're doing. So you got to kind of take all of that into consideration. Yeah, it, it, it's tough unless you have been to a class before. And I know guys that have been in my classes, been to multiple classes that I've done. I've gone to some folks multiple times just because I've enjoyed the class. And each time it's being taught, you get a little bit different perspective or a little bit different tweak. You know, robotic instructors that teach a very strict curriculum and there's no variation in that. I don't think there's a lot of depth to those types of instructors. Um you know, I like somebody that looks at the class as a whole and maybe makes some changes to the class as a whole. So every class may be different. Everybody's, every individual's experience is going to be different, different perspectives. I know one guy that he came out and taught uh, when the Marine Corps uh, just first started up the MARSOC program. It was a, it was an experimental platoon. He came out, he was a, he was a Delta guy. I'm not going to drop his name because I just, I don't see a point to it. He was a Delta guy, well-known back then. He's well-known now. I know somebody that, and he was professional when he came out and talked because I was one of the SOTG instructors back then. I never had an issue with the guy. And I know several people now in the past couple of years that have been to uh, one of their classes and said it was absolutely atrocious. It was more about him, focus on him. Let's watch him shoot. Let's mm -hmm. watch him talk, tell stories. 
And, you know, and you get some of the students, they just like suck up to that. And I'm like, yeah. dude, I, I don't idolize anybody. That's, you know, yeah. that's, that's a false idol, in my opinion. That's I can respect you. But, right. you know, you tell me a cool, cool story about, you know, how you did this or did that. I, I'm not there to kind of, you know, kind of suck up to you. You know, I'm not. I, yeah, we could be friends on Facebook. That's cool. But, you know, I'm I'm here to learn something. Teach me something. I don't I don't care that you were the first guy down the rope in whatever operation right. overseas. You know, that to me is that's great. But how does that apply to me? Right. Your now? stories are anecdotal. I'm here to learn how to shoot better and get some uh, get some range time. Otherwise, uh, this isn't worth my time and more importantly, yeah, yeah. my money. So yeah, you, you, want, you want you want to you know, stand up on a pedestal and uh, tell stories and let's pay for a, a speech seminar, not a, not a, a training seminar. Right. Right. So my, my thought and when you're seeking instruction and, and training courses is I think it's important for the student or the prospective student to have a goal in mind or if, if, if they've got more than one great, but have a goal in mind so that you know the types of training and maybe that'll better suit you to the instructor you're looking at or you need to find one that you think will better align with what your overall goal or goals are for that training and then be realistic about what your goals are if you're new to firearms don't think that you're going to go in there call of duty style with your ak or your ar and shoot up the place you need to dial it back and learn that there's a process and you've got to get good with the fundamentals so you need to have a goal in mind and that's part of being able to find the right uh instructors and uh training courses too yeah you you've got to find a course that is going to fit what you're looking for yeah you know if you're, if you're showing up with no kit, nothing, you know, just a, a gun, a holster, a couple magazines, or heck, you don't even have a, a magazine pouch and you're sticking them in your, your, your shirt pocket. Yeah. Then, yeah. That's good enough for like a level one, just, you know, baseline fundamentals, just getting some trigger time, you know, mastering those fundamentals. But, yeah. you know, if you show up in full blown kit and you're confusing the whole overall course because you got so much crap going on, you're not get you're you're not getting as much out of it if you strip all that crap off. And the yeah. same goes the other way around. If you're taking an advanced level course, and you've got to you've got to transition from your rifle to your handgun, and you got to be able to do speed reloads and tack reloads, and you show up with a handgun with no mag pouches and a rifle and no sling. And I mean, yeah. So you, when you're looking at training courses and instructors because uh, it's 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 twofold it's one may not relate to the other so you may find a training course that you're looking for because it's got the curriculum you want and but it may not be the instructor personality and the instructor that you're looking for um you know what takes priority i think curriculum is good with a good instructor good curriculum with a bad instructor is, is, is to me bad is bad curriculum yeah. so um the instructor is the, the the key in my opinion to you can t you it could be some really fun cool stuff like take a three gun learn how to do a three gun class at shotgun rifle and handgun um and the instructor be absolutely horrible and you just you, you leave that class and you're more confused about three gunning than you were when you when you signed up for the class um so it, it all it's a relationship absolutely and it's it's a three-way relationship the curriculum 
the instructor and the student, you know, and bad students can make a course bad, too. very uncomfortable and really hinder the course because that means the instructor either is not controlling his class, not controlling what is going on, or um, he's so focused on what stupidity is. And I'm not saying I hate to say stupidity because it, it just may be a student that showed up that was not prepared for the class properly, mentally, physically, you know, with the prerequisites. And all of a sudden he he stops teaching 10 people to focus on one person for the next hour. Yeah, that, that's that's 10 people that are not getting their money's worth, in my opinion. Right. So there's there's a balance. You can't have it extreme you know and i've had students where i've said you know what this is not for you i will refund your money you can come back at a later time most instructors won't ever refund your money um most most big courses they just they won't because there's there's too many things going on they have to pay for a hotel pay for a flight pay for the range pay for this pay for that so they've already they've invested in it they've done their work you didn't do your legwork, right. um, you know, come back at a later time kind of thing. And I've told several students that, that is, this is just not for you. And I've had also had several students saying, you know what, I really honestly don't think a firearm is for you because I don't think you were mentally prepared to have a firearm in your hand because everything you do is dangerous. Yep. Everything that, you know, every, every time you touch it, your brain, your frontal lobe just shuts down. Right. You're not ready. You know, you don't, if I ask you one plus one and you won't even be able to answer that because your brain is completely shut down. That is not the time to be having a handgun in your, in your hand or firearm or be around them. Period. So, you know, I I think the Um, advantage uh, for students though, over instructors is that a, a student can and should be reviewing and researching who they take a training course from the instructors don't have that opportunity with their students, right? They're not running background checks. They don't have a really solid way of ver- verifying their skill set and knowledge and experience up to that point where they come to class. So, yeah, that's the disadvantage the instructor has. And a bad student like that can make it bad for everyone in class. But I think it's safe to say for students that are looking for training that they should do their, like anything else these days, the the interwebs makes it super convenient. You should do your research, check out the instructor, check out the classes, check out reviews, blogs, whatever, social media followings, etc. Do your research and just know that you know, you may choose a class, a training course and, you know, show up and go through the course and it may take you going through a course or two to decide, uh, that wasn't the type of training that I was looking for. or That's not the type of course I want to do in the future. So just know, you know, there, there's no way to really know until you've gotten there and gone through it. So just know that might be part of the process for you too, but at least have some goals in mind, be realistic. And when you do get in class, keep, keep, keep it safe. Yeah, you got to do your due diligence. Yes, um, that works. And, and the other thing, there's there's no guarantees that it's going to be a good experience or a bad experience. Um, there's just absolutely not because yeah, anything can happen. Um, but you got to think it big time overall investment. because yeah. um, it, it's not cheap to get training, especially no. if you're going outside the local your local range or local uh, 
uh, facilities because, you know, you're talking gas, you're talking time away from work, possibly you're talking flights, you're talking hotel, right? ammo, um, you know, uh, gear maintenance, all these things, prerequisites that may require you to have other stuff that you, you typically don't have readily available to you. Yeah. Uh, you know, so there's, you have to do due diligence uh, on yourself, you know, and as well as uh, those courses. And there's, there's a lot out there. There's a lot of really good stuff out there. I've seen some really scary stuff just cause it looks cool. Yeah. Um, you know, I've watched some videos of some training classes. Yeah. Stuff. I don't fully knowing how, how dangerous certain things are around, you know, well-trained people. Yep. Um, I've, I've sat in a room, um, you know, obviously body armor and a helmet on is a quote unquote hostage during a, um, live fire, you know, training class for a force recon platoon clearing a shoot house. And I'm sitting in the middle of a room and they're shooting targets all around me. I would never do that with anybody that I personally hadn't trained because I know who the idiots are. I know who the good guys are. I know who I trust and who I don't trust. And I see some crazy stuff on the instructor side just because it's cool, just because it's trendy, just because, oh, I'm the only one in town that's doing this. Yeah. And you're and and the one time you have an accident, it's going to cost somebody their life. You know, it's like the guy. Remember the video of the guy and the, the kid in the wheelchair and great on that kid for getting out there, getting on the range, shooting. That was awesome. But the facilities did not suit um, his capabilities because the range was covered in brass and rocks and everything else. And they're trying to shoot on the move. And they've got this kid shooting on the move, trying to do it by himself. Wait, so if you ever ridden in a wheelchair before, you can't really you know, move a wheelchair forward with one hand on gravel really doesn't work that way. Yep. You know, and they've got an instructor behind him, like pushing him and the instructor is even pushing him like sideways and all sorts of things, not purposely. He's shooting all over the place and he's 10 yards away and students are, the rest of the students are already downrange. I'm like, yeah. that's, that's like Set rule up. number one. Yeah. That's, that's experience level guys, like high level experience guys being downrange while people are shooting. Right. Bad things can happen, so you you got to filter, and sometimes your takeaway is, hey, great, it was trigger time, it was an experience, I'm not going back. Right. Or sometimes it was such an amazing force, I want to go back. That was awesome. I want to learn more. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that we've had a good chit-chat overall again, covering the topic of firearms training and seeking it out so the takeaway is is that especially if you're looking to carry uh, defensively or use a firearm defensively you definitely need to go get some training for yourself and if you take nothing else away from this that should be it well listen Vam, it's good to have you back on again i appreciate your time especially on a saturday morning again eating into some of that personal time but uh, i appreciate you being here and uh really uh thank you oh, thanks thanks jim for having me i appreciate it yep and we'll talk to you soon Okay, take care.